Good evening and welcome. This is the Independence Gang on a Monday night. I'm your host, JV, along with co-host who's proud to be an American where at least he knows he's free. We've got JR, a.k.a. Lee Greenwood, joining us tonight. It's been a while for JR. Matt Couch is one of Lee's biggest fans. He's been fanboying out ever since he realized JR slash Lee Greenwood was going to be on the show tonight. You can look at just look at Matt's face. He's he's just can't take his eyes off that stoic image that's in that upper right-hand corner. And we've got oh, Benny joining boy. us. Benny hasn't been here in a while either, so this is like a big reunion for us. So welcome, everyone. Matt, are you going to be able to keep it under control tonight with Lee up there in the uh, upper right-hand corner? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm actually <laughs> amazed. It seems like the bottom corner, when I'm in the bottom, instead of up there where where JR is, I have a better background. Like, you can see more of my office. This is nice. <laughs> I don't know why. Strange. And Benny, good to see you again. I know you've had a really, really busy summer doing a lot of stuff, which is good. Uh, but it's great to have you back here uh, and joining us tonight. Thank you. Yeah. No place I'd rather be on a Monday night. Trust me. Great way to start the week for sure. Uh, JR, we're going to get right into this. I know you've got a bunch of stuff to get to. I do too. And by the way, welcome to everybody who's joining us in all the various chat rooms. Good to see people joining the program tonight. We're looking forward to this. I want to talk, start talking about uh, this recession idea. And I know that we're going to get into um, some more of it uh, later, but um, it turns out Facebook is fact checking anyone who says we are in a recession. Um, according to uh, an author uh, who recently wrote an article um, about the recession, he's one of the top econ uh, economists. His name is Philip Magnus, and he wrote an article. It was linked on Facebook. Facebook put a fact-checking label on the post, and uh, they're saying uh, he's saying now that we live in an Orwellian hellscape. Facebook is now fact-checking anyone who questions the White House's word games about the definition of a recession. Now, while this doesn't surprise anyone, I'm sure, Matt, you know, there's no excuse for the fact-checking on the COVID vaccine or on, you know, all the other things that, that Facebook and other social media has been fact-checking, but they've gotten so brazen about it now that they're putting fact-checking labels on articles where people are claiming we're in a recession, which, by the way, as JR will attest to in a minute, I'm sure, the definition for a recession for a very long time has been two quarters of negative economic growth, which we just had or we've just reported. So we've met the definition, So, but I'm, I'm sure this doesn't surprise you. No, I mean, in fact, they, they fact-checked about anything and everything. I have had, speaking of Facebook, I have just came off of my fourth 30-day suspension this year, and, which, and today's August 1st. So they're really, they love the truth over there. They love facts. They love the news. Um, if you don't agree with them, they silence you. They suspend you. Uh, they ban you. They block you. Uh, they put, you know, sh you know, shadow bans on you. They put algorithms on you. It's a nasty thing with what Facebook's doing and what these tech companies who are embedded with the Democratic Party and some of the rhinos. I mean, obviously, we can't just say it's only Democrats now when you look at people like Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney and, and some of these folks. So it's a nasty thing that they're doing. But I, I'm trying to think of some of the stuff like I literally uh, it's funny you bring this up. I, my last 30 day ban, what it was for. It's funny you brought this. This is the subject we're talking about. I basically stated there was a debate. One of my friends owns a chain of uh, chicken places. He's got like eight locations, you know, in the state of Arkansas. And people were, you know, he was saying, look, I'm adding a like three, you know, 3% credit card charge. You pay cash, you get a discount. 
you know, and he was talking about this. He was talking about his price of cooking oil went up from fifteen dollars a gallon to sixty, you know, and all these different things. And I was basically just defending him. I said, "Look, here's all the costs. They can't find people to work." Basically, went through all that. That was my ding because I dared question and I said it, that a restaurant could not afford to operate in this environment. They gave me a thirty day uh, spreading misinformation ban for that. JV. Yeah, it's quite. It's insane. Um, so uh, Philip Magnus posts the article, says that the, we America is in a recession. He's, by the way, the education director at the American Institute for Economic Research. Not just like he's just somebody off the street. He's actually a leading economist. Uh, the post was marked immediately as by Facebook's fact checkers as, quote, misleading Benny. So he replied saying, I'm going to put this up here because it's, it's actually kind of cute. Um, he posted a what looks like, you know, a, like a definition would look like if you're looking in the dictionary. Why can't I find it, though? I'll look for it while you're answering. Um, and he says, recession, noun, uh, first meaning, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth when the media dislikes the president. Two, uh, definition number two, a vague, holistic, ill-defined condition that you aren't allowed to talk about until the NBER makes a determination a year from now, provided that the media likes the president. It's basically making the point if they like you, they're all over the definition of, uh, or they they leave alone the de definition of two negative quarters of negative growth. If they don't like you, they'll use that definition all day long, Benny. Again, you know, we George Bush uh, in back in ninety one ninety two was defeated because of a re two quarter recession. You know, so this is it's just funny how they keep changing this thing. Yeah, the the double standard in the mainstream media is something that we have all talked about and noticed for uh, the better part of a decade now, uh, and it's probably worse more now than it ever was. Uh, but you know, this is one of the reasons why. I mean, there's pros and cons either way you look at it. But you know, this is why a lot of conservatives, such as uh, Andrew Torba and others, have kind of broken away from the uh, traditional means of social media such as facebook and twitter and started there because uh it's not just uh censoring it's a group think it's limiting the marketplace of ideas in such a way where you're not having honest discussions anymore and this isn't something that's certainly controversial <laughs> this isn't something that's calling for violence this isn't something that you know this isn't uh crying fire in, in a movie theater uh, since when can a social media company, I know they're a private entity and, you know, we conservatives want, you know, laissez-faire, but at the same time, there has to be some parameters that they just can't censor because they are just trying to control people's minds. And if there is a breakaway, uh, uh, as, um, you mentioned, uh, there's also Gab, Trump's doing his own thing with truth social and things like that. But, um, there has to be a, a, another way to go about it because groupthink is dangerous for society, especially young people um, who rely on Facebook for news and, and other, another means of, of, of acquiring information. Um, so uh, I'm glad that this is, you know, on that there's a spotlight on this because, um, like Matt was saying, you know, this is this is something that is just they're censoring truth, and me. That should be a crime, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, JR, uh, 
this uh, author says, rather than tackling the underlying economic problems, the White House is playing word games. The White House's attempt to wordsmith its way around a recession shows the dangers of politicizing economic terms. Uh, what are your thoughts on all of this? You know, we know Facebook is no friends to cons- no friend to conservatives and will try to defend Joe Biden at every turn and the Democrats at every turn. Uh, and I want to I'm going to actually go around with this again, because I want to talk about the idea that Facebook as a private company, does it have the right to, to censor whatever it wants to? Or is there a different standard that should be applied here? Well, first, uh, th- th- without question, it, the long established definition of a recession that's been you know, used has been the two, you know, consecutive quarters of negative growth, which we have. Uh, The only counter to that, and in very shallow recessions, you know, you're getting that final statistic in the second quarter, uh, almost a month through in the the, uh, subsequent month. So sometimes you can argue and argue correctly that you are already in a recovery by the time the statistic actually comes out from like, in this case, the end of June. but I can tell you, regardless of what uh, Facebook may censor, regardless of what the White House may say, uh, ask average Joe Sixpack whether we're in a recession or not, and that's what they are feeling. And without question, uh, we are in a recession, and we will be in a recession. Uh, it is highly likely we will have a third consecutive quarter uh, because many of the things contributing to uh, inflation are are baked into our economy without quick fixes and and that is the uh the labor shortage that continues and and the uh the heightened uh salaries that have been already offered to maintain the current employees that businesses have and 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 oil there's there's no quick fix to oil i mean and energy i mean he he can you know uh release some more of our strategic uh, petroleum reserves um he can play a little gimmick holiday, but these aren't changing the fundamental problems that we have with supply and demand, and the and how he's you know basically intentionally curtailed our self sufficiency on our energy. So uh, these things, to me, and and certainly energy is baked into everything because everything has to get someplace either produced with energy uh, or transported by energy. So uh, from that standpoint. They can say whatever they want, but I don't think the American public is being fooled in the least. Uh, Matt, I want to go around quickly on this idea. Let's just talk for a second about the idea that Facebook as a private company has the right to censor anything it wants. Do you believe that that's the standard by which they should be held to? Or do you believe that because they've become the de facto public square, they have a responsibility and an obligation and should be governed by uh, the First Amendment? I mean, the biggest problem with this is, as you look, the only way to solve this is with more government overreach, you know, which is the government regulating these clowns, which gets the government more involved. The real problem with Section 230 is it says they classifies they cannot be a publisher, which they are definitely acting as a publisher by deciding what gets aired and what doesn't get aired on their platforms. So it's a real gray area here. It's a real fine line. But I personally, because I've been, you know, with Twitter, with Facebook, with YouTube, we've seen it firsthand. It's tyrannical what they do to opinions they don't agree with. Has nothing to do with the facts or truth. It's just people they don't agree with. If you make their side look bad, and you know, you know, Bill Maher has had this uh, this talk, you know, about this. You know, conservatives and liberals, believe it or not, kind of need each other. You know, liberals are kind of the the nerdy group that does the you know the tech jobs, and conservatives are the conservative people that run companies. And there's a 
you know, liberals are a little more innovative, conservatives are more structured. So sadly, we all need each other, but they're eliminating that, which is probably why they're all losing money, losing users. And it goes in all these tech plays, JV, from Twitter to Facebook to Netflix, you name it. Benny, I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the way to open this up is uh, Matt mentions government oversight, and we don't necessarily want that. We don't want the government have, having its tentacles into more things. Uh, particularly when it comes to freedom, like free speech. Uh, however, maybe uh, maybe they should be subject to lawsuits where people can sue if their opinions are deleted. And and just going back to this concept of a free uh, of a of a in, uh, independent company versus uh, the town, the public square, they have put the traditional public square, which is all the other media, basically out of business. And, and yeah, you can turn on radio and hear a radio station. You can turn on TV and watch a local television stations. But all of those media outlets and the newspapers that used to exist all had news departments, all offering different opinions with dozens of reporters with different perspectives. And they're all gone. So they've become the, 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 the town square, if you will, the public forum. So where do you fall on this? I think what needs to happen is it needs to be viewed, legally speaking, as a public utility. Um, phone companies are regulated by the government. Electric companies are regulated by the government because they are deemed essential, um, uh, uh, you know, for for the citizenry. So if if social media is viewed, uh, I don't know what would have to happen, uh, you know, to, to make to make this um, a reality. But if they're viewed as a public utility instead of just a social media, you know, company um, and a user interface then they would be subjected to uh, government regulation and thus under the first amendment uh, where you know that cannot be infringed upon so i think that is that's the first thing that has to happen um how that comes about i don't know but if they're seen and viewed as a public utility then then we can actually you know gain some ground on that front jr how about this idea how about Every single post that shows up on, we're using Facebook as the example right now, every single post has to have the warning label like they do on a pack of cigarettes. It says, this is not a news source. This is not a news organization. This content is subject to the opinions of the moderators of Facebook and may or may not be accurate. You know, some kind of disclaimer uh, like they do on a pack of cigarettes. Maybe that's the way to go. You know, there, there has to be some kind of punitive uh, impact to them. Uh, other than just being able to do whatever they want, because, you know, I don't know what percent of their arena they operate in, but I, I would think that some element of antitrust could, could enter into this thing without creating more government overreach. Just use what we already have. And, and I don't know who, who came up with the term antitrust, but they epitomize the lack of trust I have yeah, right. in their judgment. <laughs> So if, if anybody deserves to be antitrust, I think it's Facebook. So uh, in both senses of the word, I, I think they could be, in essence, regulated. But somehow they have to have a downside here to just being the complete arbiter of what they want based on their political uh, leanings. And and I, I think if we have a change come November, I, I think having a, a special look into this uh, certainly based on what's happened over the last four years is well, uh, you know, it, it's well overdue and, and certainly would be uh, worth talking about and getting some ideas and, and, and just the thought that that was going to happen. 
I think might uh, impact them some, but most 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 companies uh, they they do react to the bottom line and their and their pocketbook. So things that impact that uh, certainly should have some impact, and that's that's what I would hope for. But uh, yeah, we got to get through November first. Yeah, we could probably do a whole whole show on that topic alone, but we're going to move along here. So there's a couple of uh, retired U.S. generals that say the new pandemic declaration, which of course we're talking about monkeypox, is on a predicted schedule. Two retired U.S. generals, Major General Paul Valley. And of the Army and Thomas McInerney of the Air Force are raising the alarm about the World Health Organization declaring monkeypox a global emergency following the agency's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. He says, or uh, one of them says, beware of this politically driven global organization that is funded by the global elite. We are a couple months away from a midterm, Matt Couch, and suddenly we have a monkeypox uh, emergency declaration from the World Health Organization, I think that anybody who's been paying attention in the last couple of years could have probably called this. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, for starters, I'm a straight white male. I have no intentions of letting anyone near my ass. So, um, you know, I'm going to be perfectly fine through this entire pandemic. Um, and most most of you should. I mean, I, I go back to the New England Journal of Medicine study that it's amazing when these groups start putting out studies that they don't agree with. Now the liberals and the idiots on the right are, that, that don't agree, you know, they're like rhinos, idiots. There's, I'm learning there's a lot more idiots on our side than I originally thought. I'm sure we're all in that boat right now. So it's like you've got the leftists, you've got the rhinos, and then there's people that just don't pay attention. Uh, and then there's people like the four of us that are like, hey, you know, knocking on, you know, skulls going, hey, you guys awake in there? We're trying to educate you a little bit. But, I mean, 98% were gay and bisexual males. They tested almost 10, over 10% of them about three weeks ago. The uh, New England Journal of Medicine did. And then uh, 95% engaged in sexual activity. 35% went to saunas and sex parties. I've been divorced now for almost three years, and I've never been invited to a heterosexual sex party. So apparently the gay people are having way more fun, but uh, they're spreading mon monkeypox like wildfire all across the, uh, the area. But to call it a pandemic, a mask isn't going to help you. It's spread with bodily fluids, it's, you know, or in case you decide you want to, you know, uh, open wounds and touch open wounds together, you know, maybe the old school Indian handshake, you know, where you cut cut each other's hands open, you can get it that way. But some, at some point, but the problem is, you know, you go back to the fact checkers we just talked about in the last segment, you you say what I just said, and that's a ban hammer on some platforms, right? Yeah, it's like, right. oh my God, you, you're not allowed to speak the truth. I mean, I'm actually following the science here. I thought that was allowed. I missed the rules, I guess. Yeah, you can't say these things. Uh, McInerney says, uh, Benny, that um, they thought that another pandemic would be declared right around now. Uh, they're right on a predictable schedule, McInerney explained, and he's going to stress to defy any type of pandemic restrictions that might be uh, suggested or instituted from this point on. Are you a defier? Will you follow any of these these restrictions if they implement them this time around for monkeypox or anything else? I've never followed one from the beginning. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> I've, I've refused. And I've gotten in some discussions and I've had to call people. Uh, I think, it, you know, it's a bunch of white people, so it's okay. But I call them slaves, you know. Um, but I did. I said, I said y'all are slaves. So, um, no, I don't. Um, I, this is just part of the MO. You know, nothing is going right for the Biden administration domestically, 
nothing's going right uh, uh, internationally. Um, you know, I, I talk to liberals and I say, just give me one, one piece of good news, one good thing that the administration has done, one, one way in which we are better off than we were, um, you know, two, three years ago. And, and even that. so, um, this is just something to, uh, distract, you know, um, sleight of hand, the American people once again, and the fact that it's maybe under the midterms, maybe they're going to use the media. I believe 80% of advertising revenue um, on all television comes from uh, pharmaceutical companies. So maybe uh, the mainstream media is going to hype this up and scare everybody so that way they can do the mail-in ballot. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't want to get censored on YouTube, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the mail-in ballot game uh, once again. So, um, yeah, it's, it's perfect timing and we all see it. And, uh, you know, but I, I, I hope that by now, most of America is awakened to these schemes and uh, can see through them easily. Well, you know, you brought up uh, asking people name one thing that's better now than it was three years ago, which is a great point. However, if you ask this guy, meathead Rob Reiner, he says that Biden is the best president in almost 60 years he posted on Twitter, screw politics, screw poll numbers. Joe Biden has a record of accomplishments in the first two years of his presidency that has gone unmatched for almost 60 years. If you do the math on that, Jr., that brings you to Kennedy. That puts you past Reagan. It puts you back past both Bushes. It puts you past Clinton and Obama. And Rob Reiner says the best president in 60 years. My question to Rob Reiner, Jr., and comment on any of this, and then let's go to your first story here. But my question to Rob Reiner is what Benny just has asked others. Name one thing. Please tell me what you're talking about because nothing looks better from my perspective. <laughs> no, and uh, the, the only thing I would I would agree with in anything in that segment is that uh, Meathead is aptly named because yeah, that is the exactly. most ridiculous statement I've, I've heard uh, today, certainly. But, uh, you know, anybody can say anything arbitrarily, but uh, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I can't think of one thing that has improved in, in the last uh, 18 months under Biden. And he can say it's the best. In, in, he, not only is he not the best, he is likely and more statistically probable the worst a president we've had in the last 60 years. You can go back so I would, You can uh, go back 80 <laughs> years probably for that. You might be able to go back from uh you know the constitution created <laughs> uh, and George Washington for that matter. Yeah. But I mean and and this is without half trying and he's only not even halfway through. So I uh, I th I think uh you know if anybody looks at that quote and recognizes him from when he was in his heyday, they will they will definitely say that not only is he a meathead but the the, the uh it has stuck because it's just that's just idiotic but at any rate uh let's let's run with uh let's run with story number one here which i sent slick a whole bunch of things on but uh this this has to do with the uh interestingly named uh, deficit uh reduction act of 2022 so first off i wanted to put up a summary page they actually show people what what uh, the basics of this bill are. You know, revenue raised, and then of course expenses, which are uh, uh, interestingly named investments. But you can see 
what they're trying to do here. They're going to try to pay for this thing because at the end of the day, they're saying it's a uh, actually reduces our deficit. But look, 15% corporate minimum tax. Well, that's going to raise 313 billion. Well, as we know, businesses really don't pay extra tax. They just pass it along or they do other things to avoid them, but they ultimately never pay. So that, that likely will not uh, uh, come to fruition. Prescription drug pricing reform, well, that's where Medicare probably comes in and saves the government that amount of money. And that's where they're trying to get uh, here in August, something that the public might actually view uh, or that a politician might feel inclined to in, in, endorse. Uh, is is something that we all pay, and that is uh, health care that's e extremely high. Uh, IRS tax enforcement, that, that's always a throw into a lot of uh, bills to uh, show that uh, they can help pay for themselves, when in fact it's a very arbitrary item that almost never uh, has any impact whatsoever. So that's probably ridiculous. And then this carried interest loophole, you know, that's what investor hedge funds and whatnot, they, they take a piece of the action. What not? It, it has some. <laughs> thank you. Has some. Uh, has some uh, tax implications. But again, if you're going to, uh, it's been a while know, since we heard that. <laughs> yeah, we've thrown yeah. Lee, Lee Greenwood off his off his uh, steady base here. He's rocking a little bit. Of that. You, you caught me off guard on that one, but Matt, I mean that's the basic uh, parameters. And if you throw it back up there again, quick, look at the uh, where the uh, the quote unquote investments are: energy, security, and climate change. We we we've got uh, forty year inflation, gas prices at the pump that are uh, two and a half times what they were a year and a half ago, uh, an an open border that's a uh, a absolute humanitarian crisis, and uh, Hmm. What are we going to do? Let's throw some more uh, deficit spending at uh, climate change and the so-called uh, energy security, which is anything but. Mr. Couch, your comments on what's believable here and what's not. I mean, it's it's kind of like um, how many of you have seen Independence Day from 1996? One of my favorite movies. You know, great flick. Been a out while, there but with, yeah, yeah. You know, with uh, you know Captain Pimp and Will Smith and. Uh, you know, Jeff Goldblum, it's got some good actors in it, you know. Uh, but I can't give Will Smith any props without kind of giving a derogatory effort first, right? So You have to. But at, at the same point, how many of you remember that movie where uh, Jeff Goldblum's dad in the movie is getting irritated with him? They finally discover Area 51, and the president's like, I don't know who pays for all of this. And he looks at him and he goes, you didn't really think you were paying $81 for a Band-Aid and $97 for a syringe, did you? You know, stuff like that, right? And, and that's so basically it's all fluff. It's all BS. Who knows what the money's really going to, JR? You know, I mean, like, who really knows? I mean, at this point, they're not honest with us about anything, especially balancing the budget. They don't even read the damn bills before they pass them. Uh, the only people who I know that read the bills are people like, uh, you know, Rand Paul and Thomas Massey and Ted Cruz. And it's why they're always walking around like dastardly and muttly every time you see them, like, the senator, can I get a compliment? They're like, ruckin', fruckin', ruckin', ruckin'. You know, they're all pissed off because they actually read the bills. They're like the only three or four people in our government, you know, Rand Paul and Thomas Massey. There's very few true constitutionalists that actually read the damn 4,000-page bills. And those guys, are at, they're mad at the world, and I don't blame them because they're actually kind of like the four of us. They're engulfed in this crap 18 hours a day trying to save a country. 
whereas everyone else, I, I, yeah, I'm going to get off on a – JR knows how to get me fired up, doesn't he? He knows I'm going to get all, like, <laughs> spun around and start throwing shit. And But um, it's just – it's it's so bad, JR. We know it's BS. We know none of that's accurate. Who knows what the money's really going to? I'm sure somewhere snuck into all that money, all those trillions. There's another $10 billion to Zelensky so he can – open up a magic kingdom on the you know western side of the ukraine you know disney world ukraine style there's there's something in there i'm sure for those for those people as well i'm sure we've got another uh, you know 10 billion for the saudis and another 7 billion for the pakistanis for gender studies it's unbelievable we can't take care of americans but we can put all this money in motion to do nothing that that helps the american public whatsoever and i'm going to quit yeah, we are on a, a runaway spending train that needs to be curtailed because that, that if there was one thing that was, in, you know, responsible for the uh, inflation that we're experiencing is how much money we put into the system and money we obviously don't have. But JV, you can put up uh, one of the other slides there while we're going to Betty here. But but uh, um, the, the name of this bill, Benny. Uh, obviously, the deficit reduction. You would think there was going to be significant reduction in our inflation, which everyone could uh, rally around that because it's such a huge problem. But e even under their own admission here, it's actually going to increase inflation uh, to tw 2024 before it might even have a quarter of 1% reduction by the late 2020s. So uh, if th this is a crisis... And it and in on paper they don't even try to pretend that this is actually going to have any meaningful impact. And this article here talks about uh, an indistinguishable effect on inflation. This is the uh, from uh, University of Penn's uh, nonpartisan Wharton School of Business put this out. So uh, Be Benny, I mean, they're not even trying to use smoke and mirrors on this one. <laughs> I mean, even within their own admitted. Uh, uh, frailties of this bill it's going to have negligible impact and that's using the statistics that they're even trying to convince us so um <laughs> I, I don't know if you're fooled here benny but i'm not no and and, and the first the first uh, graph that you showed uh i was curious as to the impact it was going to have based on you know all that just some you know total deficit reduction you know at least 300 billion that's a drop in the bucket. I mean, honestly, I mean, as sad as that is, that's just a drop in the bucket of, of how, of how bad our deficit is. And, um, you know, this is just, this is just another way that the government acts like they're doing something for the people, you know, look at Harvard working, look at the, look at this new bill. It's going to have this, it's going to have that. And, um, you know, like Matt said, there are over 4,000 pages and, um, who was it? Um, was it Nancy Pelosi years ago? I forget who it was with the Obamacare bill. She said, we have to read it. Um, we have to pass it to know what's in it. You know, they, they didn't even read the thing like, like Matt was saying. So, um, you know, uh, this is just another way the government acts like it's actually doing something good for our country. And, you know, also like Matt said, who knows what other, uh, uh entities the money's going to in other countries paying for abortions in Mexico and all sorts of other things where, it's just absolute, you know, um, uh, heinous crimes and corruption up to the highest level. And, uh, you know, this is why, you know, many states are, you know, starting to 
forge their own path. Uh, Florida, Tennessee, Texas, a lot of um, states in the Bible Belt. Um, that we're having an election down here um, on Thursday this week. And a lot of the people running locally are talking about secession, um, you know, being something that they see within the next three to four years, um, you know, on a state level. So this is just, you know, creating an environment that is you know, a tinderbox in states that, that, that think the government has already overreached its power. And if they're continuing to do so at this rate, then they're going to have a problem on their hands because the people will rise up again. Yeah, I mean, you talk you talk about we don't even know what's really in the bill. I, I'm sure with all that uh, green energy expense, if you will, or investment, that's a giveaway to Biden's constituents and his friends. I'm sure you will find liberal green companies yeah. that are tied to the Biden administration that no doubt will uh, be funneled some of this money. And, uh, you know, how often have we heard of the 780 page bill that comes out at seven o'clock at night and they're supposed to vote on it by 11. I mean, the whole system is just so screwed up, JV. Uh, I, I don't see how this, uh, I mean, I would have thought even they could come up with something better than this at this juncture, but that 300 billion in savings, you know, uh, eight years from now, you know, that's not even, that's not even the interest we pay in our current national debt. It, it as 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 Benny said, it's it's certainly inconsequential. There are so many things to say about this about in this segment, and I, I'm not even sure where to start. But let me start here: the idea that they're now calling this an Inflation Reduction Act or a, a, a Deficit Reduction Act, whatever, is like putting lipstick not on a pig on a pile of dog shit. That's what this is. <laughs> this bill is Build Back Better which six months ago was considered to be a, an inflation, not buster, but accelerator. This bill is no different than that. So they've just repackaged this damn thing, slapped a new label on it, and they're going to and they're going to take this into the midterms. It'll probably pass. And they're going to take this into the midterms with every Republican voting no. And they're going to say, the Republicans voted no on the Inflation Reduction Act. Who do they stand? You know, that's their game. Meanwhile, they're spending bill hundreds of billions of dollars of money that we don't have. That's not deficit reduction. That's borrowing to spend. In an already inflationary environment, it's going to make that worse. While the Fed is raising interest rates, which means the 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 Fed the debt service on the federal debt, the national debt, is going to go up and go through the roof to service it. Um, and then they back end all the quote unquote savings because there aren't really going to be any guys. The savings aren't going to happen. And let me point out a couple of things here. This 15% corporate minimum tax, they say they're going to raise $313 billion. No, they're not. What happens when you raise taxes on corporations and businesses? The ones that can leave, leave. This is handing China on a platter a whole bunch more of profitable U.S. businesses. That's what this is doing. They're going to get on a boat and they're going to sail that boat across the Pacific and they're going to land in, in Asia and they're going to set up shop there, shop there because this is punitive. Because those companies that quote unquote haven't paid taxes, they've been following the tax rules. It just so happens the tax rules make it so that they don't owe any current income taxes. But you know what they are paying? They're paying payroll taxes. They're paying property taxes. They're paying state and local taxes. They're paying a ton of taxes. 
They're just not paying a federal income tax because the current tax laws don't require that they do it. So if you hit them with a 15% minimum tax, they're going to leave. The other thing with this prescription drug medication thing, this whole negotiation, how many times has anybody ever heard of the federal government negotiating for something and actually having it save money? I mean, I point you to what Matt Couch mentioned before, the $95 hammer, the $1,500 toilet seat that the military pays for. That's the federal government negotiating power right there. They don't ever save money when they do this crap. Uh, and tax enforcement, are you kidding me? $124 billion in revenue raised from additional tax uh, agents? No, not a chance. As I have, a, I have a book behind me on the shelf from Thomas Sowell that talks about this very phenomenon. When they try to do this, smart money finds ways to avoid it. And you can bet the people with the means, the billionaires that they want to target, are all going to find ways to shelter that money because they're not going to pay. They can afford the high-priced accountants and advisors to get this stuff done. So this is all a giant pile of dog shit, and it, it stinks like it, it looks like it, and it's going to feel like it when we step in it. But we do have one backstop. Senator Cinema. <laughs> that was the last clip on this that we don't have to spend any time on. But uh, uh, where Manchin has gotten uh, seemingly more of the press, maybe due to his proximity to D.C. here in West Virginia and on the East Coast in the same time zone, Cinema suddenly uh, uh, wasn't involved in this and was a very tight-lipped today when uh, pressed uh, when, when leaving uh, her, her meeting. So uh, at a very interesting time, uh, we'll, see, we'll see where... She now uh, has carries the bully pulpit on whether they have enough votes. And I don't know who has COVID and who's unable to even vote at this point. But assuming everybody does, uh, they still need her to follow suit. So with that, uh, this may be a lot of talk about nothing because she could she could find herself as, as the power play person when it comes to uh, uh, dealing with this, uh, you know, what's really another boondoggle uh, right before an election. So uh, anyway... You want to run with the next real quick clip that I sure. thought was just uh, sure. another you-can't-make-this-stuff-up uh, type of a news article here. But uh, it, it, our, our great uh, vice president uh, never ceases to amaze me to finding ways to uh, make a fool of herself. And uh, <laughs> if, I, if I found the video here, we could have played it. But, I mean, this was basically it. At a, at a meeting White House on Tuesday, this is how she introduced herself. I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her, and apparently if you're not paying attention or looking, she is the one sitting at the table wearing a blue suit, Matt. <laughs> so I hope that was clear enough for you to, uh, uh, at, at 18 months in, uh, Matt, recognize who our, uh, our vice president is. <laughs> I see you're wearing her blue, too, so that was very, very nice of you. Yeah, I always try to help out, JR. I'm a helper, big helper. Um Wanted, don't want her to feel alone, so I decided to wear blue tonight with uh, a Make Speech Free Again shirt here. But I, my biggest thing is I was trying to watch her speak today. She was giving, you know, these. it was so bad. Like, Joe, she makes Joe Biden look intelligent when she speaks. And that's how bad it is when she, she can't read a teleprompter. Joe can read a teleprompter. He just can't make it come out, right? Like, it's, it's slurry, drunk. You know, it's a Metamucil vodka concoction that he's had the day before. Um, it's bad. But she, on the other hand, it, it, I mean, it was, and she tried, it's like she's trying to be Captain Kirk, you know, where she's like, we're not sure which way he went. 
but it's like but it's like a thousand times worse and then she looks off to the right and talks she'll look back and it's like the stepford wives or something if you guys remember that that horror flick but it's like uh, unbelievable so the, the the clip you're talking about and then if you tried to watch her speak today she was speaking from the white house they had the vp seal this is a test run jv's been calling this for months this is a test run right now you know metamucil joe is is uh on the shelf you know they're like oh darn joe you tested positive again you know you're gonna have to stay in and pay play mario kart and have some jello and he's like okay sounds good you know and so this is a test run they are trying to see how she can address she was trying to address the nation today and holy god was it cringe it was it, i mean this is uh i can't believe i'm saying this i'm going to go i'm i'm going i'm not even going to regret it joe we're praying for you we hope you get well really soon buddy because we need you back in the white house because compared to her he's functional jr i can we can work with this compared to her key word there compared benny. to her compared to her benny <laughs> I don't know. I, that's yeah. that's that's like uh, that's like having two extremely poor options and having to decide which ones is the least punitive. Uh, <laughs> so uh, oftentimes, seems like we do have that option in politics. But uh, I, I, you know, I am convinced. I mean, from what I have read, she didn't used to sound quite this idiotic in her in her prior career, and I'm convinced there's people feeding her lines, and this is what you have to say. And thus she repeats the line three or four times when she, when she's doing a speech. And I think that has, to, I, I could be wrong. It's just pure speculation. But when she repeats herself over and over and over, I mean, there's gotta be a reason for it. Matt, do you agree with that too? Are you raising your hand over there? I, 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 I gotta do it. And you go right back to Benny. We run a comedy show during the day. You said somebody's feeding her lines and I, it was so hard for me to not just go, Willie Brown used to feed her lines. That's all I was going to say. I'm, I'm back to you, JR. Back to you, buddy. Benny, I think that may be true. <laughs> what yeah. do you think? Right. Uh, well, I, I was going to say, when you when you said, you know, it's two bad choices, you know, if we're going to kill ourselves, should we, you know, suck on a revolver or should we, you know, tie a rope to the, you know, scaffolding in the garage? You know, I mean, that's pretty much what it's like with, choosing between Kamala and um, and Joe Biden because, uh, goodness gracious, I've never seen a, a president and a vice president both so inept. You know, usually it's one way or the other. You know what I mean? Like Obama, excellent speaker, very charismatic. People believed him. Uh, I never did, but um, but I know a lot of people did. And, uh, you know, he could, he could own a room. You know what I mean? And, you know, Biden, not so much, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the way it was, you know, um, Bush and Cheney, nobody liked Cheney, you know, he was obviously, you know, in, in control of a lot of weird things, the Halliburton and everything else going on over there, um, you know, with those, um, unconstitutional wars, but, uh, you know, uh, Bush at least could, you know, he couldn't open a door, but he could at least, you know, have, you know, um, some hey, semblance of a, didn't he duck from a shoe? That was thrown at him. He was pretty agile. Yeah, yeah, he was <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was at least entertaining. He had a Matrix style, you know, uh, reflexes going on. Um, but this is this is on a whole new level. This is unlikable. It's um, uh, just completely inept. 
And uh, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable how, te- how, how terrible these two people are at their jobs. And you could argue that they have the two most important jobs in our country. In the and world. They are the absolute, in, in the world. And they are the absolute worst at them. And that's why we are where we are today. JV, I got to ask you, how, how many relapses of COVID do you think uh, Biden could possibly have? Because my, my envision here is a basketball game under two minutes left. They're going four corners. Maybe they're just going to try to run out the clock and, and get to the midterms. What do you think? Well, I think that the, the truth is the longer he's out of the limelight and not having to speak and not having to do anything, even though I think he gave some comments today about the terrorist that was killed. Uh, but the longer they can keep them away from microphones and out of the out of the view of the press, the better they are, especially heading into the midterms. So I, there could be six or seven relapses here. Who knows how this is going to play out? But they certainly don't want him talking. So I got a bunch of things. First of all, I want to go back to the Kirsten Cinema thing. I think she caves, and I think she caves quickly. And I think she's going to get a nice big juicy prize for Arizona for doing it, so she can use that in in an effort to try to get reelected. But I don't think she's going to be provide much resistance. Sadly, um, I also want to thank Castle Drummer for the gift, gift of the shades in the uh, in the chat room in Foxhole. Thank you for doing that. That's really helpful and it's important. Uh, so, back to Kamala though. She is, you know, you've all said it. Everybody has said it already. But but when we vote for president, very rarely do we give a whole lot of consideration as to who number two is, you know, who, who's, who's vice president in case, because, you know, as the saying goes, it's a heartbeat away from the presidency. And in this case, we, the people who elected Joe Biden really screwed up, not thinking about this, because regardless of what you thought of Donald Trump, you have to look at the, at the, at the Biden Harris ticket and say, this guy's old. He's already struggling. If you were being honest, and there's a real possibility he doesn't finish this term. And what do we get if he doesn't? Well, we get this buffoon. This, And I'll, I'll call her a boob, and it's appropriate for a lot of reasons. Um, she's horrible. She's absolutely horrible. And I actually, I don't know if, if we want to move on, but my next story was going to be exactly what Matt was talking about. I think it's the same speech that she, she was talking today. And it's unreal. Now, one thing I can tell you, the looking this way and that way, she's clearly been told, stick to the teleprompter. And that's what she's looking at, the teleprompter, uh, left and right, left and right. But still, even with that, uh, it's it's just a big old disaster. If you're done, JR, I'll move right into it. We'll, we'll go with this. Uh, I'll go right, yeah. Good, good segue. Go right to it. All yeah. right. So let's start with this. So she, she, she's talking here about, she says, we're no longer, uh, climate tra- change is no longer a possibility. It's here. It's a cri- It's now the climate crisis. It's no longer just climate change. It's the climate crisis. She says that, and then watch what she does. You know, it is um, a very challenging time in our country right now. It is good to be back in Miami with all of you and with the leaders who are here (laughs) on the campus of FIU (laughs) Um, to discuss a very important topic. She talks about basically the impending death of the world, Matt, and does it with a (laughs) big cackle, you know, because she can't help herself. This has been her MO since she was the attorney general for the state of California. Um, it's amazing that this administration is negotiating 
with the Russians to release a moron uh, named Brittany Griner who took weed into Russia for a drug charge from the same administration who the vice president has put more black people behind bars than, than probably almost every administration in the history of our country. You know, that's what Kamala Harris is, the AG of California. So she laughs at everything. She, I mean, she cackles, she laughs. I go back to the radio interview she did where she said, they said, hey, what did you listen to in college? And she's like, oh, you know, same thing you did, Tupac and Biggie and Snoop. Here's the problem with that. She graduated from college in 1986. I'm a 90s, I was born in 78, so I listened to Tupac and Snoop and Biggie. I was that kid, right? First off, Snoop's album, the first one, dropped in 93. Dre dropped in 91. I can keep going with this. She wasn't, they, they, they didn't even have an album out. She graduated college four or five years before these guys even had albums out, folks. So she's a, she's a, she's a pathological liar. Her only defense mechanism when she doesn't know the answer is to cackle like a hyena. And you want this person to somehow have be in charge and be the leader of the free world. Can you imagine her in a one-on-one -on -one with, with, with she trying to communicate? Can you imagine her in a one-on-one -on -one with Vladimir Putin, a one-on-one -on -one, uh, with the Saudis? Who, and you know how they, they love their women in Saudi Arabia. I mean, <laughs> they just, you know, they're, they're, they're turned over a new leaf. They, they've been able to drive now for, I think, three years. So congrats on that for the ladies over there. But um, just think about this for a second, JV. The, and, and the Democrats are acting like, oh, she's going to be great. She's going to be fantastic. No, no, no. It's it's seriously going to be terrible. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm frightened. And I was serious. I'll take Joe for the next two years over her. You know, prop him up like Weekend at Bernie's, throw some shades on him, you know, put him on a dolly, let's strap his ass in and let's go over Kamala Harris. Um, but I don't think the, I don't, at this point, I don't know that the GOP, if they get full control, has any choice but to impeach these two clowns and put the Speaker in House as president. The problem is then it's going to happen every single time. Yeah. One side's got the, the House and Senate and the other side has the White House because that goes back and forth. You know, every time that'll be the MO for both parties. We're just going to take your guy out in 18 months. I don't know, man. God, this is disastrous. I'm sober tonight, too, which makes it even harder. It makes it even harder to handle. Yeah. Here's the next cut, Benny, uh, from Kamala's comments. And today we know the impact if folks weren't clear about it before. Just watch the evening news. Climate change has become a climate crisis. And a threat has now become a reality. So after she's done cackling, she's basically talking about the impending uh, end of the world, basically, which is, you know, these scare tactics. But let me point out, Benny, and as you well know, they have made predictions since the 80s about this. Seven years, 12 years, those deadlines have come, of, come and gone. There's been absolutely no discernible change of any significance. And if they can't get that stuff right, why should we believe them about any of this garbage? Absolutely. That's a great point. And I remember doing some research on this actually for one of, uh, you know, last year at some point for um, an episode of, of this show in the 60s, they were all worried about um, the global cooling, ice you age. know, yep. and they're like, well, what age. are we going to do about this? You know? Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's why they have to call it climate change, because 
it, it it's either global cooling, global warming, you know, whatever whatever's going on, a, a coming ice age, a solar flare, whatever. I mean, um, you know, it's just it, it, it's it's such a racket. And you know, she, she said, and you know, just watch the evening news, um, which obviously dates her uh, quite a bit. But uh, at the same time, it is funny because I mean, obviously the mainstream media is just a propaganda arm for the federal government. Um, so yeah, watch that news. So that way we all, you know, become like sheep and just start, you know, robotically, you know, um, repeating what the talking heads say, um, when it's, when, when it's not even, you know, reality. And, uh, furthermore, just you know, speaking about how incompetent she and the president, uh, both are, but regarding her specifically, she had to, she, she was running, um, for, um, you know, president, uh, for the primary and she had to drop out super, super early. I think, remember, I, I remember she was one of the first ones to drop out because she was so unpopular. Um, because the Democrats just didn't, didn't like her. The, the, the voters didn't certainly didn't like her and who knows what's going on behind closed as to why she dropped out. Maybe she, you know, was promised, you know, a, a, a spot as a VP maybe. But the point is, is that not only is she unpopular, but she's incredibly incompetent. And the fact that this person is so close to running the free world um, or the, you know, formerly free world uh, is, uh, you know, like Matt said, I mean, it's frightening. It really is. Yeah. Uh, here's another cut, uh, JR. In recent days, deadly floods have swept through Missouri and Kentucky, washing away entire neighborhoods leaving at least 35 dead. Okay, so this is something the left is doing a lot now. They're tying weather events to proof that climate change is destroying the country as though, as though I mean, first of all, we have to consider something. Uh, let me see. I, I have it here somewhere. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to find it. Oh, here it is. So surface temperatures, if you look at this chart, it looks dramatic. But you have to remember something. An average is an average. So when you have the first part of the, the century below average, you know, the second part of the century above average, that still equals the average. But currently, temperatures are running about just about 0.9 degrees, so less than one degree Celsius, higher than what the average has been for the 20th century. So are you telling me that a 0.9 degree change, not consistently 0.9, but the average is causing catastrophic weather around the world? I'm going to ask you that question, JR, but before I do, I'm going to give you the answer. Here's the chart of climate-related deaths since 1920. The blue line is climate-related deaths from 1920 to 1917. From 1920 to 2017. Does that chart look to you like we have an increase in climate-related deaths, JR? That does not look like a crisis to me. Um, I'm, I'm no climate specialist here, but you know my my view of this has been pretty consistent all along. Here, we we you know any one event to attribute that to a, a justification that climate change is the existential threat of our generation here is just ridiculous. The you know you have to measure the impact of climate over. I don't even want to say decades. I, I mean, I mean, you really have to look at it. Millennia. This thing moves like a glacier, like a glacier, right? I mean, it. You know, if you wanted to look at, uh, you know, the worst flood we ever had is probably not in this century, or not even in the last century, let alone this century. I mean, the, the, these events 
come and go and to be that disingenuous that uh, you can sit there and say 35 people died from one flood in one week in one country on one planet is it, it, it's just you know it's just not believable but I, i'm still waiting for them to, for her to screw up now that she's reading i had a bug flying sorry um <laughs> <laughs> probably climate change was possible that bug <laughs> but but uh i'm still waiting for her to screw up and say do not laugh and read it out loud yeah. now that she's reading teleprompters because i'm sure they're pulling the same uh par parenthetical language they're putting on the teleprompters the same as they do for our boy joe and she's going to start screwing up that way now that she's actually being aligned. But but for her to just, I mean, she has been criticized. Her, her approval rating is what, 25%? I mean, it's still below that of Joe's. And uh, for her to still rely on that crotch of a laugh when she doesn't know what to say and and have basically just just no sensitivity or... or uh, no, no realm of where of where she's at and what's appropriate and what's not. I mean, for her to be the leader on the world stage, the lack of respect that the world leaders would give her compared to even Joe. At least Joe has some experience behind him, and maybe uh, more of the historical, you know, perceived power of the United States. She has nothing, nothing, and uh, and she just reinforces it every day. Yeah, um, I got another cut here, Matt. We know that the impact of the climate crisis is not felt equally across all communities. Consider heat waves pose a greater threat to people who don't have air conditioning. The climate crisis has exposed <laughs> and intensified generations of economic and environmental inequities that have been present in communities across our nation. And our administration remains committed to addressing those inequities through environmental justice. So there's that phrase, environmental justice, Matt. I am convinced at this point that every single bill that comes out of the left, and this particularly this administration and this Congress, is a reparations bill under a different title. Every single one has got an element in there where people who they claim deserve reparations are getting some kind of preferential treatment and preferential payments. In this case, it's considered environmental justice. Yeah, I want to bang my head against this nice new microphone that you coached me into getting uh, and mentored me with, but it, it costs too much money, so I'm not going to bang my head on it. But, I mean, I learned something. Who knew that in a heat wave, those without <laughs> air conditioning would suffer more than those with air conditioning? I mean... The, the mind on this woman, I mean, you know, it's got to make someone like Lee Greenwood weak in the knees. You know, she is so brilliant. Well, he, and, he, uh, listen, listen, let me say this about Lee Greenwood. He would gladly stand up next to her and defend her still, still today, just so we all know. <laughs> oh, you went there. Oh, you went there. Oh, that is brilliant. That is brilliant. Um, I, I mean, I'm just amazed that people, I mean, first off, if you're in the press corps and you don't call this out, where is the one guy? Where's, the, you know, for the love of, I mean, I know he may not be a fan favorite. I don't even know. I think he, you know, where are the Milo Yiannopoulos at? Where are the Laura Loomers at? Where in the hell is one person with a White House press credential 
that when this thing's over that asks questions that gets called on and goes, I'm sorry, could you reiterate again? Did you say people without air conditioning are going to suffer a heat wave more than those with air conditioning? I just want to clarify for the for the article I'm writing. I want to make sure you would say that one more time for me. Damn it, people do your jobs in the media. This is pure comedy gold. And the fact that, and I'm going to say this right now. I'll call people out because I don't care if they like us or not. I mean, where the hell's Joe Rogan at? Where you all these guys with voices, right? That have these big ass voices and claim they're unbiased. You should be shredding this shit. Yeah. And they're not. They're not. They're just sitting on their hands and turning their turning around and going, Well, you know, she's got her qualities about her. No, she doesn't. There's no qualities here. If this was a manufacturing line, she's in the defect pile, folks. Yeah. God help us, and I'm going to quit. You, I'm going to quit. Not ah. to mention the fact that they keep telling us we can't, uh, we can't, we don't, we can't use air conditioning because uh, we don't, you know, we don't, don't want to use that kind of energy. <laughs> yeah. So if their answer to to solving, you know, heat waves is we need more people to have air conditioning, it's kind of it's kind of a counterproductive here. Um, so Benny Matt was talking about the brilliance of Kamala. Do we remember the brilliant video she did with the kids? And you know, you could see the moon for yourselves. Remember that whole thing where she was talking to the kids with the actors and all that. Well, this I this part of the clip, and this is the last clip I have of this, uh, reminds me a hell of a lot about like that. It is literally about the transportation of energy. So think from a wind farm in Iowa to a suburb in Chicago or from a solar farm in Nevada to a family farm in Missouri. She's talking about wires. How exciting is that? She's excited, Benny, that you that the that the net with a uh, grid, the power grid, transports electricity from one point to another. This is their vision. They're actually going to transport electricity from one part of the country to a different part of the country. How exciting is that? That's incredible. I mean, I think she she looks like she walked out onto the wrong stage of like Back <laughs> to the Future or something yeah. like that. You know, she's like, I can't leave these wires all over the place. Oh. Goodness gracious. You know, um, I think that um, if you guys have seen um, Jim Brewer, the comedian, he has uh, a new special out. And it, like Matt was saying, like people with voices need to be ripping this stuff apart. Um, it's called Somebody Had to Say It. I think that's the name of it. Don't quote me on that, but I think it is. But Jim Brewer, anyway, funny comedian. Um, and uh, he rips, he rips. Uh, our country and the direction it's going um, on all fronts uh, to shreds. And it is a really, really good laugh. I mean, I, I, I've, I've, I've watched it when I was working one, <laughs> one day and uh, I showed it to a bunch of people who don't necessarily agree with everything he says and even they were cracking up. So, um, but yeah, everyone should check that out for a good laugh and also to learn some um, interesting facts as well. But um, there are some voices out there who are starting to, you know, wake up and then in turn using their platform to awaken, uh, awaken others as well. Yeah. Uh, JR, to kind of close out this conversation, I just want to put this chart up again. I've used it in the past. This is from the CO2 Coalition. We had, uh, Matt and I had uh, Gregory Wrightstone on 
America's Lunchroom, last, was it last week, maybe two weeks ago, when we were talking about all of this stuff. This is the chart of, of average temperatures for the last 2,000 years. You can see where we are. The most recent data is from 1949, but you can see that that point is still lower than where there's an arrow that says the end of the Viking settlements just before that, and then uh, Vikings colonized Greenland just before that. There's spikes that are way higher than what uh, we have now, and there was no industrialization back then. Man was barely uh, present on the earth at that point if you compare population size and yet we're still cooler than those periods there is clearly no direct correlation to man's activity to average global temperature that that temperature is affected more by the sun than anything and uh, and there are also a lot of factors that that affect um, the atmosphere like volcanoes and other things that affect the temperature as well so this whole thing is a hoax and they're destroying the western way of life uh, because of it. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the interesting thing I got from that chart was the, the magnitude of the volatility, you know, from basically zero up to 1400, when you could argue there was very little that was changing, but look at the volatility that occurred naturally. And, and that to me only reinforces the fact that a certain amount of volatility is going to happen no matter what. Maybe maybe man has impacted it a percentage, but to reinvent our world economy around the fact that we and we alone are the only ones that can impact this, and without it, it's Armageddon, uh, is, is certainly uh, completely misguided. All right, so we're going into this uh, bill, this uh, deficit in inflation reduction bill. They are going to fundamentally change the way uh, we consume energy, that's part of this thing. And the details are starting to emerge. It's getting nasty. Uh, these things are scary details. And they're going to be restricting basically every part of the energy grid or, or system that we use, whether it's whether it's uh, gasoline, electricity, uh, natural gas to heat our homes, whatever it is, it's going to be under attack by this bill. And it's going to pass, I'm pretty sure. JR, you have one more story, then we'll, then we'll call it a night. Yep, all right. You can run with the, uh, uh, obviously the, our uh, Speaker of the House is on a, uh, on our Magical Mystery Tour here. And uh, one of the course, most uh, interesting uh, topics here about that trip is this whole uh, Taiwan-China relationship and the fact that uh, she is uh, at least uh, plans to be and uh, to make a stop in Taiwan and Obviously, that upsets China. They, they look at that seemingly as a provocation to war. Uh, but also interesting is uh, within this article, um, it, it mentions how the White House doesn't even want her to stop. So th this whole trip has you know, turned into a real boondoggle, um, Benny. And, and uh, what she even accomplishes, now, she, now she's damned if she does, I think, and damned if she doesn't. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, to me, it makes me wonder, what does Joe know that she doesn't that makes him not want her to go? So I don't know what your thoughts are on this thing, but it's in a, in a world of of heightened um, emboldenedness by our enemies. Here we are creating something that we probably didn't have to or certainly should have been organized where at least we had a united front on how we're doing it. And one more thing they can't seem to get right. Yeah. And you said it, you know, um, you know, should we even be, you know, um, treading, you know, um, these seas over there? 
Um, you know, I, I think I think this and like you said, Dan, if she does, Dan, if she doesn't, because of what's gone on since this was, trip was announced, or you know, um, and she was supposed to stay there, um, even if it's just one night. Um, you know, I I think that maybe she should uh, take a picture with the Little League baseball team over there because I remember playing. Uh, uh, Little League World Series baseball, and the Taiwan team was always the best team. <laughs> Back on the original uh, Nintendo, um, I think Matt Couch the, played for the Taiwanese Little League team. I'm not sure. I mean, that band, <laughs> that, that headband, yeah. makes me think he did. I'm not sure though. Yeah, that catcher was not me that batted 740. I promise. <laughs> you can play Little League in Taiwan at 17. I was told it's pretty cool sport. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, you know, like you said, I think she's the end if she does, the end if she doesn't. And I think this just once again, just shows the incompetency of this administration. And, uh, you know, the, I mean, the Democrats, uh, you know, at large, you know, obviously the, the Republicans have a lot of work to do to, to win our trust back. But um, the point is, is that um, it, it, this just shows how, how no one in their right mind would vote for these people. Um, they're old, they're decrepit, they're so out of touch with mainstream America and the middle class and uh, hard work. And they they show it when, when they speak and they show their hypocrisy and they show um, how corrupt they are. Um, you know, I mean, Nancy Pelosi's better at reading the stock market than Warren Buffett, apparently, you know. So, um, you know, it's just incredibly corrupt and it's... Um, you know the the disgusting, ugly um, display of bureaucracy, and now it's on the world stage. And uh, you know, and um, other countries, including our enemies, um, you know, are just eating it up. They love it. Matt, Matt, uh, China's talking about shooting down our fighter jets that are escorting around the trip, and maybe there's something going on behind the scenes. But uh, it, it seems to be uh, crickets out of this White House. Uh, and at this environment, with that kind of a threat, uh, again, just one more crazy development uh, going on on a daily basis where it's it's seemingly something every day. So um, maybe maybe Biden thinks they are going to shoot her down. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, if you've noticed, none of the Republicans seem to really care. Um, you know, I, I didn't notice any any pushback from any of our politicians on our side. I still kind of have that, you know, we're all in this together, regardless of what kind of scumbags they are. You know, it's it's like, uh, you know, everyone's got that creepy uncle at the family reunion. That's where Pelosi falls in, you know, to there you go. There's a video. And, um, you know, this is her. I mean, the, the beautiful thing about this is how much she cares about the environment. You know, when you see this picture, um, <laughs> I mean, that's just amazing. Not only is she. Uh, not trying to start World War III, but she cares so much about the environment. Look at this escort. I don't even think presidents get an escort like this, Jr. <laughs> they don't. I've never seen anything like it. Um, uh, that's an air show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just – but it's also a, stro a show of strength by the U.S. military because, to me, that is their way of posturing. We've got uh, we've got one of the, our aircraft carrier fleets out there as well. And, you know, here's my thing. Do I think we're ready to take on China? No, not at all right now. But I, I will say this much. China scares me from a nuclear capability standpoint, from a ballistic missile standpoint. But if we're talking our fighter pilots versus theirs, we're talking that kind of a war, 
you know, we've got 13 aircraft carriers. They have one. This is, you know, we have to start talking realistic here. But the biggest kicker is, is we don't have anybody on our side of the aisle or even on their side of the aisle that's going to stand at a podium and say what I just said. You know, the good thing about Trump's administration was if Donald Trump was incognito, Mike Pence, whether you love him or hate him, most people hate him now, could stand at that podium and sound presidential and, and deliver one hell of a warning and a threat to our enemies. If Mike Pence was tied up, Mike Pompeo could step up and make you feel like you were an inch tall and roast your ass on that mic as well. I can't stand Nikki Haley. She's a neocon, but I can throw her right in there. She can talk when it comes to certain talking points. Look at Kayla McEnany. You look at Sarah Huckabee Sanders. You look at, you know, Sean Spicer. Everybody in this administration at some point in time could absolutely verbally decimate you on a world level. And we have zero, zero in this administration. They are an absolute utter disgrace and a joke. Somebody should be at a podium. The problem is they don't have anyone. You see where I'm going with this. You know, if, at least normally in some administration there, you know, George Bush, you know, sounded like a bumbling dumbass most of the time when he was president. But there was a guy named Donald Rumsfeld that could step to the podium. He was like your grandpa that used to keep everybody in line at the family reunion. And he'd step to the podium and he'd be like, as the Secretary of Defense and Rumsfeld would be like, look, here's the deal. You know, we don't want it to come to this. But if it comes to this, you know what, we're going to drive some tanks right up your ass. And, and, and he was that kind of a guy. There's nobody that can do that right now in this administration, in this government. And I think that's the big concern right now because somebody should. No one wants to go to war with China. No one wants to see a nuclear war. Nobody wins a nuclear war. It's mutually assured destruction. But you can't let them bully us like this. Somebody should be saying something, you know, very, very stern to the Chinese right now. But, I, but Donald Trump, Donald Trump would already be landing in Japan right now with a delegate, you know, to basically say, hey, she, why don't you bring your ass over here to Tokyo and let's talk this out. Why don't you be a man? But we don't have that kind of leadership. And I'll, I'll quit, but I think you guys get the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just say one one last thing. I, I, I think I think you need to uh, give Slick a counseling memo, JV, because that, that was not Nancy Pelosi's escort. That, that was Al Gore going to the climate conference. <laughs> yeah, probably. We, we, it's probably we, the same. We need... We, we we need to have uh, integrity on this program, so I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's pro probably probably very similar. Uh, Al Gore or John Kerry flying around in their private jets, then lecturing us about climate change. That going back to the climate change argument, because you make a great point with that. That's another reason you can't take any of these fools seriously. Because if the world was about to end, as Kamala Harris was telling us in those series of comments, then why the hell is she flying around the way she is, and why are they encouraging Kerry to do it and every other uh, politician? Politicians. So they don't, you know, they don't, you can't take them seriously because they don't act serious. And this goes to this point, too. First of all, let me point out it was the White House that leaked the fact that she was planning on going to Taiwan. They were intentionally trying to subvert this in favor of China. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. Matt and I were talking about this on America's Lunchroom earlier today, and he was pointing out that no allies have stepped up and condemned China and said, by the way, if you uh, you know touch a hair on that pretty mama's head, <laughs> all I can think of that is lo that low-cut bathing suit that she wore. Uh, I think you got to go with the low-cut, JV. It's a much better uh, 
sympathy point here be like if, you know if one of those jugs is harmed <laughs> we go. will unleash hell you yeah know, i think that's what you got to say so matt was oh. you know matt pointing out that that no allies have stepped up and said that and i pointed out that the what that biden hasn't stepped up and said that the allies certainly aren't going to stand out there on their own biden hasn't even done it which is odd in itself not to mention that he can't do it as matt pointed out he doesn't have the ability to stand up and do that. Um, and why is this happening now? We've had other speakers of the House visit Taiwan. No, uh, Newt Gingrich notoriously did. Others have. Other politicians have. But why now? Because the Chinese are emboldened right now because we have such a weak leader. They are empowered right now because we have such a leak, a weak leader and a feckless foreign policy. This is a result of that. Russia invaded Ukraine as a result of that. Iran will have a nuclear bomb as a result of that. This is foreign policy failure on a grand global scale, and it's only been 18 months. On that happy, well, that, that sounds more <laughs> as serious as that was. That, that, that's certainly uh, a better uh, leave point than uh, talking about Pelosi's uh, jug. There, Matt, so. <laughs> I know that's funnier though. That's much funnier <laughs> that, to talk that, about. Benny, you was, saw that picture, didn't you? The Nancy Pelosi walking around on the beach with her low cut. Bathing suit in Italy, I think it was. Did you not see it? No, oh, I did not. Oh man, please, don't, please do not show me. Please yeah, all right. I, I don't know that I could find it quick time. enough right you're, now to show you, but man, you're missing you're, out. You're lucky. No, he's lucky. <laughs> yeah, the lucky one on the panel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, thank you. Well. If, if I had your guys' cell phone numbers, I would make sure everybody <laughs> was in a nice group chat they couldn't get out of. <laughs> nice. And nice. the pictures they would be a flying. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, it's it's a great discussion tonight, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, everybody who joined us in the chat rooms, thank you also. A lot of great comments flowing through those chat rooms. I couldn't get to them all, but thank you uh, for adding your uh, thoughts and ideas to the conversation. Benny, good to see you. Don't be such a stranger. We need you back sooner next time. Uh, Matt, if you and I are doing almost every show together every day, so uh, kind of become an inseparable couple here. Yeah, slick ass when we were getting bunk beds. You know, he's kind of a dick like that. But uh, you know, Jr., you're off to uh, uh, to a weekend of golf. Good luck to you. I hope you swing them yeah. well or straight and true. Whatever they say for people who play golf. I'm not a golfer. I don't know. Um, I've yeah, tried playing golf, Jr., but I'm it's, I'm too tense. I'm like I like I, I, I don't know. I'm just like get all tensed up, and it's a game of it's a game of subtlety, and I don't have subtlety when it comes to swinging a club. Well, have have a couple pops and you'll loosen up and uh, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> if you say so. Uh, don't forget to uh, share, like, follow, and subscribe. Also look for the podcast version of The Independence Gang. Check us out on America's Lunchroom every one uh, every Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. Man, I cannot talk tonight, Matt. I think you've been talk making me talk so much that I'm, uh, I'm just like uh, running an overtime here. I don't know how you do as many shows as you do because I've been on – my thing is I love doing this one, love doing our show at 1 o'clock, but I get pulled on all these other shows that want me on, and I was on like three other shows today plus the America's yeah. Lunchroom plus the Independence Gang, and I don't know how your voice or my voice is holding up, but at the same time, um, big – I mean, tomorrow – I got Joe, Joel Gilbert's going to be on. Going to be a big show tomorrow. He, of course, is the uh, author of Michelle Obama, the, her real play for power. And he's claiming that she is the, the book and the documentary is Michelle Obama 2024. 
He is betting the house, and he's done a big investigation on her that she's running wow. in 2024 against Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. Wow! And if he's right, he, you know, he's a he's a famous you know filmmaker. It's scary. Um, so I'm interested to hear what he has to say. Um, but he's not a he's not a he's an anti you know Michelle. He's not pro. No, nobody's really in Big Mike's corner except for Barack. But you know. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that's tomorrow at one o'clock. America's lunchroom again. Thanks, everybody. Good to see you all, and we'll see you all next time. 